BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey girl, hey! Welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, of the live daily talk radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show. So here's the deal. On my radio show, we're like married up in there, okay? Yeah, like till death do us part. Or until you want a divorce. Totally up to you. But this podcast is where we date. Yes, you date me. You like, you get to know me. You try me on. You feel me out. And this is where I get to woo celebs, tastemakers, and influencers into falling in love with me. Anyone who knows me knows I'm like a professional social climber. And yeah, I wear that title like a badge of honor. But for real, my favorite part of being in the radio industry for 12 plus years is getting to meet interesting, inspiring, and exceptional people and getting them to talk about the pettiest things in the world. So if you love real talk with a touch of cattiness and a ton of laughers, then you're in the right place. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Hey girl, hey, welcome to another episode of my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I am your host, Taylor Strecker, and today I have a guest who is actually not only a friend of mine, but also a regular guest on my show, Hannah Burner. Hey girl, hey, welcome to the show. Hey girl, hey, I'm so happy you're not sick of me yet. Well, yet. I mean, I think your fame is getting to your head. I know. <laughs> I'm like, you've what? probably seen me everywhere, haven't been- you? Three days? It's been maybe two. 72 hours. 48 hours. <laughs> no, I'm not counting, though. Since there was uh, since we announced that, since we, like, I'm a part of it, since Bravo announced that you are one of the three new cast members of Summer House. <laughs> it's so crazy because we filmed centuries ago, but you have to, you know, continue living your life yep. and not tell anyone, yep. which is weird because I can't keep my mouth shut for shit. So normally on the show, you know, and well, well, actually, so always on the show, we have on tastemakers, influencers, celebrities, bravo celebrities, and now that we finally fucking announced that you're on Summer House, I can have you on the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> you're like, now you're kind of legit. No, you are. I mean, first of all, your social media numbers have been crushing, and the show hasn't even aired, and so that's... That, that's a testament to you and your skill set when it comes to social media. So I want to get into that. And like, yeah. I think people are always wanting to know how you go viral, how you develop a presence, how Vir- you get people I'm to follow you. I'm obsessed with virality. I'm obsessed with it. Okay, so we're going to get into that. This is also an important podcast because it's the first podcast I've done where I'm a little drunk. So welcome. <laughs> it's literally 3 p.m. It's what? Friday! Oh, Okay. And, okay, and I had my friend Alex Themopoulos co-host with me, oh. and we went to Sugarfish. It's my first time ever going, and it was- That's just, where the cool kids go, right? I just went to church. I just found a new religion, and I just had sex in my mouth, and it wasn't with Alex. That sounded so disgusting. Did you orgasm? I, I, I taste bud orgasmed so many times over. What were you drinking? Sake. 
You have to. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like it goes hand in hand. And so. Sugarfish is such like a sexy name. Ugh. It's like, let's go to Sugarfish. It's the best sushi I've ever had in my entire life. It was, it, it's, it's life-changing. So anyway... Not, spo- uh, not sponsored by Sugarfish. Not, I, they, other than they should. Uh, but I've done Stassi's <laughs> podcast drunk a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, there was one I did where I was blacked out, and I didn't even remember what we talked about. <laughs> but the audience, and I was so embarrassed. The audience was like, you just, like, cried about how much you love your dad and your brother. And I was like, what? That's adorable. No, so we were, Stassi and I were talking about good guys versus bad guys. And we're like, all the guys are so bad. And they were like, but not our dads and our brothers. My dad's like, kind of a douchebag, but I love him. <laughs> We can start with my daddy issues whenever you want. Page six, you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) No, my dad's like my favorite douchebag in the world. My favorite kind. Well, my dad's a sauerkraut now. He's like a grumpy old man. And you know what? I plan to be a grumpy old man when I'm his age, too. I'm He's jealous exhausted. of grumpy people. Like, I have to show up at meetings and smile. Like, I want to be grumpy and just, like, talk shit afterwards. Men I do talk shit afterwards. get to be grumpy. Women have to be, like, sugar and spice and everything nice. And then we get to talk shit. That's True. the difference. We talk shit behind your back. Which I feel like, I think that's worse. I, I think it's better to be... Yeah, because we're mental terrorists. Men are just like... <laughs> meh, 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 meh. So welcome to the podcast. It's so hard for straight men right now. Sorry, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I'm white and straight. <laughs> no, but they really are very upset about it. They're very upset about it. It's like, it. oh, baby, baby, is it hard for you right now? <laughs> is everything not handed to you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't deal with that shit right now. Like, I feel like all men are trash, but I'm trying to see the light. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into that, too. Your dating life is epic. I mean, it's actually a big part of your online brand, I would say, as well, right? Social mm-hmm. media, it's all mm-hmm. about... Well, it's not even your dating life. It's just, like... My thoughts about my dating life. And also, like, scumbags that want to date you that you refuse to date. So you just uh, put them on blast. Put them on blast is the best strategy when in doubt. So we have a lot to get into. But, of course, first things first, got to talk Summer House. Because, girl, mm-hmm. that's why you've landed on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Bravo Liberty. My only goal in life was to get on the Taylor Trucker <laughs> podcast, and I just did it by way of Bravo, and I'm pretty sure I'm just going to call in and say, I'm good. No, you're still going to come on on Mondays, right? Of course I am. Are you kidding so me? For That's the only you... thing that wakes me up in the morning. <laughs> on Mondays, who wants to start their week? So for any of you who don't know, Hannah Burner has been, it's like a year now. Happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, my love. Hannah, I met uh, about this time last year. You co-hosted with me. You ate a scone the entire time you co-hosted. And so then I uh, said, I don't want to have her back on ever again. Because if she doesn't know to not eat on air, then what the fucks am I doing with her? And then we have a mutual friend that said, please, no. Give her constructive criticism. She'll get better. So then you came back on, and then you and Darren Cart made fun of me yeah. together. So then I also put you in time out again. I was testing you the whole time. I wanted to see how much oh, I could push I your buttons. Oh, did I pass your test? You did. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. No, I literally called Cheech, who got me on your podcast, and I was like, how do you think I did? And she goes, um, <laughs> she's, she, um, did you eat a fucking scone, the driest pastry you could find into the microphone? And I was like, well, I was hungry. And she was like, yeah, you fucked up. You might as well have just come in with a jar of Elmer's glue and consume that the entire time. It's called ASMR Taylor. Get with the times. (laughs) So, okay. So when I get drunk, I laugh. Like an old smoker. You're making me feel really fun. Oh, no, you're like, "Ah, this is the other day. We had so much fun. (laughs) She's choking on her laugh right now. And I didn't say anything. It's not because of me. Oh, isn't me drunk fun? Yeah. I'm not drunk. I'm just like, like tipsy. I feel like when people say they're not drunk, it means they're drunk. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't walk around sober going, I'm not drunk. But that's because you're sober. Um, you're just jealous that I have self-control over my alcohol. <laughs> you're just jealous that I can handle my alcohol. Actually, kind of. I'm jealous that you can party and I can't. Like, if I was drunk, I would just be like, lock yourself in a closet. I would just fall asleep. Well, that's what I'm going to do after the podcast today. That's Listen, what I... this is my weekend. You don't have to defend yourself. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm getting defensive. I know. This is going to become like a intervention for you. <laughs> oh, please, no. No, but the funny I thing... I get them every day from the audience. True. Summer House is about people with cool jobs who go to the Hamptons. And get drunk. And get drunk and fight and whatever. This is what New Yorkers do. This is how we blow off steam. But yes. Hannah, you're not that big of a drinker. I'm not a huge drinker so that was the hardest part i was gonna say so how was that for you being like so okay so let's talk we'll talk summer house so you came on the show Mm -hmm. um like a year ago you have a regular segment every single monday on the taylor strecker show you can subscribe at taylorstrecker.com and you do it's called millennial mayhem with hannah Werner, and you talk about being a millennial dating lingo social media anything that pertains to millennials you got it covered and everything you're like our millennial whisperer or even like our translator if you will yeah and sometimes i feel like i give good advice and sometimes i think i'm just rambling about what i don't understand i would say i agree uh to both those effects yeah yeah yeah. so i wouldn't say i'm the whisperer representing millennials at all but you're just a millennial who has thoughts yes (laughs) (laughs) so i'm very qualified so you were so you were on the show probably god it must have been like six months Mm -hmm. and you became like a regular you know staple of the show audience loved you i grew on you you did honey that's that's how she does so if anyone hasn't seen her yet or you don't really you're not um you're not hip to the jive that is <laughs> hannah burner you just said jive i did and i said in my last podcast too which officially makes me old um but you like i'm, I'm interested to see how the audience responds to you in the beginning of the season on mm. summer house and then how they feel at the end because i feel like you are you're like a barnacle in a good way. Interesting, because I get DMs from Taylor Strecker fans literally saying, I love you so much, but I used to hate you. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you? No, that's a thank you. I mean, all my best friends, that's how I start my conversation with them. I Remember when I hated you and then I loved you? Like that girl who you always think is a bitch and then you talk to her and you're like, I want her to be my bitch. Yup. Yeah. I always, I think the people that I'm the closest with in life, when I first meet them, I normally dislike them and or hate them. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think people <sighs> maybe don't love me immediately, which is pretty fucked up? I feel the same way about myself. Um, I think it's because you're like, a, like you are a presence. You're not, like you either love Hannah or you hate Hannah. There's mm-hmm. no in between. Mm-hmm. Same with me. I'm like love, hate. There's really like no like eh, lukewarm. But also your audience is a little older. And I think millennial girls are more easy to be like, oh, I, I want to be friends. I have talked about this on the show and I'll say it on the podcast too. I think that and obviously the podcast is probably more millennial because yeah. it's a podcast. Yeah. Right. Although I will say Gen Xers and even baby boomers listen to the podcast. But I mean, I have my dad's friends listen to my podcast. <laughs> parents are cool. They get it. Parents are cool sometimes. But I do feel like um, I think that I, I'm kind of like the bridge to Terabithia, if you will, okay. between millennials and Gen Xers. But I have noticed in my tenure of working in between the generations and also kind of myself being like, I I feel like a Gen Xer, but I'm technically more like of an elder millennial. Mm-hmm. So I think I can speak to both generations. But there is like a very subtle, silent war between Gen Xers and millennial women specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think what it is, tell me if you want to jump on board with this theory, but I mm-hmm. think that Gen X women were taught that, that we have a lot of rules, a lot of boundaries. We must follow them. And if you follow the rules, if you're a good girl, you will have a good life. And the millennials come in. See, I'm going to sound like a Gen Xer now. And they're all like, 
fuck the rules. I'm mm-hmm. going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Nine to five, I'm going to work from home. And we're like, you can't do that and survive. Yep. And then and you that, do. And that has some animosity. But I think what's happening is Gen Xers are starting to realize the technology shift mm-hmm. and the change in the idea of work. Yes. Because it used to be amazing to rise the corporate ladder yeah. until we realized that there's ceilings. And it's and bullshit. Especially for women. And it and doesn't bullshit. work. Yep. So now, funny. Well, it's, it does sometimes. It does sometimes. Always. But like my mom did the corporate ladder in the Department of Education to the point that she was the principal of the top middle school in Brooklyn. Wow. And looked at me and goes, I want to be a jazz singer. Right. She's about to retire next year and she's going into jazz. Shut up. Like you can, it doesn't matter how old you are. Your dreams are always valid and can happen. But I understand why Gen Xers who are taught to follow the rules. I was one of those. The only reason why I stepped out of the rule following was because I picked the life on paper that was like checking all the boxes and Mm -hmm. I was not happy. So I had to get a divorce and then I became a lesbian. Sometimes you have to fuck up to so you need the universe to kick you off your in path. In the ass. Yeah, it's like, it's, what do they say? When you make plans, God laughs. It's exactly. like, no shit. I mean, I was, my I wanted to be a professional tennis player since I was eight years old. That's a really good point. I, we play, never bring like, We up. never talk about this, but I literally was that kid who just played tennis tournaments every weekend. Mm-hmm. I was playing nationally, internationally. Like, who was your role model, would you say? Like, who was, you're like, I'm going to be blankety blank when I, I mean, grow up. I mean, everyone loves Serena Williams when they were younger. Now I think she's kind of a cunt. But, <laughs> well, we have addressed that on the Taylor Strecker show. Uh, if you want to listen to that episode, subscribe. It's Taylor actually Strecker. on the podcast too, I think. Um, we talked about this. Oh, it, Ser- it is actually. I Serena, is. like, has drama in terms of how she, like, carries herself. But I think she's such a mover and shaker for yep. female athletes, period. All respect goes to her. Um, but I just love the idea that tennis, it was like I was an entrepreneur. The more I went, it didn't matter if I was rich, if I was poor, you know, how tall I was, how strong I was. Tennis, you go out there and just create your future. So I felt like an entrepreneur. But then I realized just because I was really good at it didn't mean I wanted to live my whole life on the road competing and it's, just playing it's, it's all the time. Life. It's, it really is. It's fucking lonely. Yeah. And it's similar to. And it's a solo game. So, like, well, for like, the most part. No, 100%. It's the loneliest sport. You can't call a timeout. You can't pass pass the ball when you're nervous. So I did that. I got I played professionally. I played for the University of Wisconsin. And one day I was like, I feel like I should be enjoying this and I'm not. Because mm-hmm. the wins didn't get me high anymore. The losses would make me depressed for weeks. And I just felt like I was fighting for this idea of me like playing professionally and idolizing it and then being like, who cares if you do what you thought you wanted when you were eight if it doesn't make you happy right now? <clears throat> Why did you get even get to tennis in the first place? Was it your dream? Was it someone else's dream? I was a hyper child. I was very athletic. You were hyper? No way. Yeah, I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were like, she's either going to be a serial killer or she can hit a tennis ball. <laughs> so for society's benefit, I went into tennis. And I chose tennis over other sports because... You had like control and I'm a type A personality. It it made sense why I chose it, but I had to sit down and decide like, just because you thought this was your dream doesn't mean it's your dream anymore when you're 22. I went into sales. I did cold calling, cold calling. That's brutal. So I was still in that mindset of like, you have to be a masochist to be successful. And my dad, who is my best friend 
and he's a douchebag, but like the funniest guy I've ever met. How is your dad a douchebag? He is just like the funniest guy in the room. You could tell he was a player when he was younger. Uh, got you. He's your dad just was a, a fuck boy. He, my dad is <laughs> such a fuck. My dad's gotten kicked out of like every like camp he joined for like sleeping with a nurse or like like when he was younger. Your dad was Pacey. My dad went to four different colleges. Like he just was. He didn't give a shit. And then he went to sales because he's smooth and he's funny. He can yep. light up any room. He could sell. He could sell like ice to an Eskimo. A hundred percent. And he's a and he is his biggest sale of his life was marrying my mom, who's actually an angel. And my <laughs> brother and I are like, how did this happen? How did you land mom? Like, and he goes, It's the best sale of my life. Oh, I love that. Which is adorable. But then now I'm attracted to guys who are like my dad, which is something I'm working out with my therapist. <laughs> okay, so then you leave the sales job and you end up working at Betches. So well, I leave the sales job. I was selling digital marketing and making a lot of money, but crying in the bathroom every day. Fair. So then I decided instead of taking from people, I want to create. So I decided to go into digital marketing as a strategist okay and that's where i started learning strategy for going viral Damn. i was doing i was working for a t-shirt company so i learned about seo i learned about social media i learned about blogging i learned about working with influencers i saw this life and part of me was like these fucking influencers are living the life but i i don't have the ability to post photos of myself every day i think it's too narcissistic of me because it's like oh, I want people to tell me I'm pretty. And I don't like people telling me I'm pretty. Right. I don't like glorifying being pretty. I don't think that's what girls should aim for. Nope. It, like, I hate when girls see each other and the first thing they say is, like, you look so beautiful. No, you look beautiful. You're so cute. No, you're so pretty. It's like, guys don't do that. They're like, bro, you look hot today. <laughs> <laughs> bro, have you been working out? You lost like three pounds, bro. bro. I love your jeans. Where did you get them? <laughs> it's like, enough. Have you seen the Mary Kondo Netflix special about tidying up? No. So it's basically oh, yes. this angel of a little Japanese woman. Oh, the one who speaks massively broken English. Yes, I saw who, one episode. But she, it's like a therapeutic to watch. She changes people's lives. Shh, yes. Her whole, You're a big fan. Her, her, actually, I haven't <laughs> even watched it. I haven't what? watched it. I was not. Her whole, I don't care to watch it, but okay. her whole thing is don't keep things that don't bring you joy. joy. Mm -hmm. So I think with Instagram, it's like marketing's about emotion. Why would I post a photo that I don't... Excuse, excuse me. Excuse me, New York City. City. We are New doing York a podcast up excuse here. Me. They like <laughs> waited for me to make my point. Anyway. They're like... <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I love when you make fart sounds. I have highbrow humor. So I want to post a photo that brings joy to people. Mm -hmm. Me posting a photo of me That makes people LOL? Or, but me posting a photo of me photoshopped trying to just look hot is A, trying to like get a guy to sign to my DMs, which I cannot stand, or B, trying to make other girls feel jealous of me. Right. Or my three friends who actually love me tell oh my me God. I look good. We got to talk about this. So Catherine McPhee, now, now I can't talk about this on the radio show because it, I want to save it for this, but Catherine McPhee, one of the one of my listeners sent me, she slid into my DMs, and she sent me a screenshot of Catherine McPhee's Instagram where she is like, wedding diet, and she's at Shake Shack. And she's got a salad and a burger and fries and a shake. And I'm like, it should be illegal. Like, if Instagram is going to wipe people's accounts because they show their butt cracks. <laughs> or their nipple. Then you should definitely wipe accounts for things that are going to create distress and anxiety and depression in women. Catherine McPhee, also, how Catherine fucking McPhee, dare you? Stick to singing. You're not a comedian and it's not funny to post you looking skinny eating Shake Shack that you Listen, didn't finish. If she you, didn't finish that Shake Shack, and, I and swear no, to God. And she had two photos. One was her eating the salad, which I believe. Who gets a salad from Shake Shack? No one, girl, no one. And then she's, and you swipe left or right and then she 
is taking a bite. It's like she has taken a bite of the burger. And I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. You know what? You know what the equivalent is? Girls, if you're a skinny, thick girl, okay? Listen, and you should be proud of your body. Bless. I'd much rather she's like, I'm going to Tracy Anderson 15 times a day yeah. to look good for my wedding. Or at the end of the day, be like, I'm so hungry right now, but I really want to look good for these photos. And I'm just posting this to let you know that it's not perfect. I would respect life. that so much. And honestly, some people would say, oh my God, that's like promoting an eating disorder. But you know what you're creating when you're posting, I'm so skinny and perfect and look at me eating this burger? You're creating eating disorders. I mean, I'm not saying there's like it. She's automatically has caused every eating disorder in America. Actually, it's a fact. (laughs) But that post and other ones like it, like I feel so strongly about this. It makes me so livid. But what do you think was going on in her brain to want to post that? Like, is she insecure that she's She's probably insecure that she's thin and people think she's an eating disorder? So this is the way of showing people that she doesn't have an eating disorder, which makes me think, do you have an eating disorder? When you feel an emotion, try to think why they did what they did. But here's the thing: is I feel like. I just want to send a message to all the thin, fit girls who want to let everybody know that they eat french fries and fucking shit food and still look awesome. That is the equivalent to me being a rich billionaire. Like, let's say my parents are rich, right? And all I do is post pictures of me in a bathtub of money. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can't stop getting rich. (laughs) It's like, guys, there's things you shouldn't brag about. Money, beauty, and skinniness. Right? But also be truthful. It's like... Show and us bullshit. that you're doing that you're you're on the grind and that but this goes back right. to why do I post tweets and I've gotten a, some hate of some well, maybe like two or three but that's something is is thank you for being responsible in your posting but I'm it's not bad for people to post photos but think about why you're posting the photo like sometimes I like to celebrate my friends but I always try to think. It's a public network. This isn't you in a group chat with your friends. Why are you posting something? Do you want... And like when you get more followers, I really like to think of everything I post as how I'm sending a message to people. Right. And I really think that my tweets, people have been like, oh, why are you tweeting on Instagram? First of all, motherfuckers, every fucking meme that you send to your friend originates from Twitter. So let's talk about that. So I like in this podcast, obviously I want to talk more about Summer House. I know we talked about a lot, a ton. We went deep in on my radio show. Sorry, I'm very passionate about my Twitter. But I think it's also, you're also like, your social media game is so incredible and I feel like this could be like a learning moment for people as well. Mm -hmm. So explain the whole I'm Instagramming my tweets thing. Okay, so I didn't love posting photos of myself. I was working at Betches as the video producer where I was writing, directing, So wait, so you learn a little bit about social media skills at this t-shirt company, right? Then you go over to Betches and you really learn. At Betches, I got my... Boot camp. At Betches, I was dating a stand-up comedian and I was learning the Betches voice Uh and I started to create my own comedy voice and I started to get confidence by seeing the Betches audience respond to my jokes. Right. And they have an audience. They have an audience. What, six million? 6.4 at this point. Jeez Louise. I mean, such a huge brand. And it's funny, when you post a video, of course it's going to get a lot of views at Betches, but we know which ones people actually liked and people were like, eh. Even if it got 300,000 views, that's not good. But if it got a million views, you're like, yeah, we crushed that joke. You're making me feel like a loser. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is is just lucky. I felt so fortunate that I had a platform to... 
to show people. Yeah. And I tried to get other female comedians who had really small followings but were really fucking talented to get on the Betches platform and I learned from them too. I surrounded myself with people who were funnier than me and then we inspired each other. Lesson number two of the podcast, always surround yourself with people who are as good if not better than you because you, it will elevate you. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people out of insecurity and I get it, I'm an insecure person, you want to be around people who maybe you feel like are at your level or slightly beneath you, don't do that. They always say like you know how you're doing by averaging the five people around you or something along those lines like look at your circle mm-hmm. and see if you want to change it my circle's good my circle's good it keeps on growing i'm doing good things. that was a drunk song that no one understood <laughs> my boobs are sweating <laughs> it's a little hot in here okay so you work at batches yeah so i start constructing these videos and i start Getting this, I start doing horoscope Insta stories and people start giving me confidence because they're responding. They kind of like it. And however you get your confidence, I don't care, but get that confidence and just go. Don't wait for things to be perfect. And also be honest. All I did was sit around and honestly was like, what am I really thinking? Okay. And then say it. That's called relatability. Okay. So authenticity. Mm hmm. So important. Mm-hmm. And also, does it bring joy? Will it spark joy for other people? Mm-hmm. And then that third thing, what did you just say? Well, it's kind of like authenticity. authenticity. But the third thing is, is confidence in yourself. Confidence like, in yourself. I'll post some stuff, and I will never think I might delete this if it doesn't get enough likes. Nope. Because nope. I really am happy with... It made me laugh. I, I have seen so many friends, like if they don't get a certain amount of likes by a certain amount of time, whether they're big people or mm-hmm. like, you know, just like regular average Joes, mm-hmm. I've seen friends across the board, across the spectrum, delete stuff. And I'm like, why are you deleting? Who gives a shit? And you guys, humor on social media is the greatest thing because humor is what connects people. Humor brings you joy. Yep. So even if you're posting a thirst trap, post some funny shit because you want to make other people smile. And everyone has a different sense it's of pretty humor. pretty good intention. This is a really good rule too. Don't post things you think is funny. No, post things that, well, reword that. As in, I know don't what you're saying. post something that, that you, you think, think other people, people think are, is funny. Yeah, like, oh, people will think this is yes. funny. Post it if it makes you laugh. People like my stuff because they know my actual humor to the point that you could hear me saying the things I write. I'm not just writing what I think is funny in general. Right. People send me stuff about tall guys, horoscopes, cats. Well, that's your this brand. Is my brand. That you and, created. And that's why people follow me because my brand is different than other brands. Because it's you. Because it's you. So it's not because it's Hannah Burner. No. It's just because it's specific to one person. So if you're listening at home and you have a, a fucked up sense of humor, you show that sense of humor off because it's you. Don't write, why, I'm in the, I, why am I in the club crying right now? Because everyone else is writing it. Write what you think is funny and it's all good. You know, it's so funny that you say this because when I do Instagram stories, and listen, I need to get my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook game up. Queen, you're, work, you're working on and it. And you're going to help me. I'll help you. But um, I will say that when I do go about posting stuff, Tate, my girlfriend, always says, you do realize you're laughing at yourself right now, right? And I'm like, yeah, because it's fucking funny. <laughs> I just want to take a real quick break to talk about a live show I have going on. Yes, Honey Bunny, Taste of Taylor Live. It's going to be February 18th in New York City at Caroline's on Broadway. Yes, darling, my name and lines on Broadway. But in all seriousness, get your tickets through my website. You can go to taylorstrecker.com under tour dates. Just click tour dates and it's right there. Uh, or go to my Instagram at taylorstrecker. There will be in my highlights. Just click on Caroline Tick. 
T-I-X. And then uh, click on that and then go to it, swipe up, and it will take you right to Caroline's page to get your tickets. I believe that VIP is sold out, but general admission tickets are still available. So go, honey. Buy them for yourself. Buy them for you and your best friend. Make your man take you for Valentine's Day. It's going to be so much fun. Live Taste of Taylor. Live me. Live you. Live us together at Caroline's on Broadway in New York City, February 18th. I hope to see you there. That's the point. Like, I love to laugh at myself. And also, then your followers become cultish because they're not just following you because it's funny. They're following you because they like your sense of humor exactly. and their humor connects with your humor. Like my followers make me laugh so hard. Like I'll write something funny yep. and they'll write something funnier back at me and I'm like, I fucking love you. So you said people don't follow me because, and so I've seen your Instagram grow from like, I don't know, like single digits, thousands, so single it's, thousands. It's grown 20,000 in the last two months. Holy shit, which is girly. Ins- it, Insane. It my only plan was to hit 10,000 followers by my by December, mm-hmm. because I wanted to do swipe ups for my podcast. Right. And a couple tweets went viral, so I started posting the tweets. And then if the people want it, you gotta give it to them. Yeah. So I just kept doing it and it kept growing. And then it wasn't really planned. And now I'm at about 35K. Oh, yeah. You're, you're really rapidly approaching, surpassing me. It's gonna make me real. It's gonna change your whole relationship. <laughs> We're not gonna be friends anymore. Shut so. the fuck up. <laughs> You're gonna be like, hey, can we do an Insta story real no, quick? No, I'm actually very comfortable being second, third, fourth, even tenth. I don't care. You know, Stassi has taught me very well. Well, so Stassi's I am ready for a, you to be a reality Stassi's TV star. on a whole different ball game. And the funniest thing is, like, Stassi treats me like such an equal. You know, it's like so ridiculous because you are, and also mm. Stassi is so unique I'm not with worthy. her humor. Like Stassi's whole murder shit. Oh, like how she's creepy a she is. fucking weirdo. She's a weirdo, and she embraces it. Which is why it. she's awesome. I know. I love weird people. But you just said. People follow my social media, according to you, mm-hmm. yours, because it's funny and relatable, not because I'm Hannah Burner. But girl, you're about to enter into a place where people are going to follow your social media because you are Hannah Burner from Summer House. So, so how are you feeling about that? It's going to be interesting because people follow me now for my funny tweets, but then people are going to follow me who want to see like me do Summer House shit. So I'm a little worried that the audiences might be like, I don't like this. I don't like that. But that's okay. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to try to be authentic. And if it sparks joy, I'm going to post it. So like I was saying, Hannah and I have known each other for about a year now. She's been on my show for about a year now. I mean, we met on the show. So there you go. I force her to be my friend by going on her show all the time. I force you to be my friend by coming on my show. (laughs) And then I found this summer that you were going to be on Summer House. Now, for people that don't know, I'm just going to say this because I feel like it's a part of the story. I have to say it. But so um, I was close with Stephen Gee from Summer House and I found out that he was no longer going to be on the show. And honestly, the reason why, like I don't even know that I know the full story as to why, like how it went down between him and Bravo. And there's a, 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 a handful of variations as to why he's not on anymore, right? Because I'm not going to say the word fire because I don't even know if that's the appropriate language. Yeah, just like you either get renewed or not. Exactly. Or like or like maybe like he didn't like the offer that they were giving him and he walked away. I honestly we have no idea. We really don't know. But he did call me when he was saying he was off of Summer House and very upset. And of course, I had just been fired from Sirius, lost my identity. So I know I was able to empathize with him like it's fucking sucks when you lose something that you're so proud of and is such a big identifier for you. So I got that and I felt that. And then like... Three weeks later, I would say, I went to Betches to do, I think it was the You Up podcast. Mm -hmm. And I saw you, because you worked there. And um, you were like, guess what? I'm not supposed to say anything, but I can't hold it anymore. I got to tell you a secret. And I was like, what? And you were like, I'm on someone's house. And I was like, (laughs) 
Oh, no. Because I knew then I was like, oh, God. Your immediate reaction was not happy for me. You were like, oh, we're in trouble. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> what, what happened? What did I do? I just remember being like, I knew it was going to break his heart, you know? And only knowing it because if I found out that somebody was, when I found out somebody who, who Michelle Collins was replacing me on Sirius, I have no beef towards Michelle, but it was like, Oh, you mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. It's entertainment, but it but it is entertainment. And like honestly, when I got fired from Sirius, I was ready for Sirius to offer Carly Aquilino, mm-hmm. Emma Wilman, mm-hmm. Clay Aiken, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Shooter. Mm-hmm. I mean, all my co-hosts. I was literally uh, Lori Bergamotto. I was ready for the, for for them to offer it to any one of those five of my co-hosts. I was emotionally prepared because I thought to myself, I can't be mad at them if they replace me with a co-host because this is this business, and I can't be mad at a co-host for taking an opportunity. Yep. But I knew that it would still hurt in. But also in this business, you know how many opportunities there are? A lot. And you created your own career, making more money than ever. Yeah. And learning more than ever. Yeah, girl, I just got my um, my W9 from my, my business partners. I was like, oh my God, I made that much money. Damn, girl. Damn, girl, you go boo-boo. That's why you went to Sugarfish. <laughs> it's actually really inexpensive. Really? I mean, for sushi, for amakase. Okay, you're so bougie right now. <laughs> you're like, it wasn't that expensive. So, um, I no, mean, you couldn't afford it, but. But I remember when, girl, I paid for me and Alex Simopoulos. <laughs> We get it. You're rich. No, I'll be writing that shit off. <laughs> we talk but business. You have your own business. Thank you. You wouldn't have had to do that with serious. A thousand percent. But the thing is, is that my, my I, I don't want people to think that I'm not supportive. But my initial reaction was like, oh, no, because I just had a friend who was, you know, no longer going to be on that show. Mm-hmm. So I knew that the, I, I had already, I, I had a crystal ball of, this could cause some problems but for me in the mental, future. But also mental strength is understanding that sometimes pe- life goes in waves. Shit goes bad for yeah. you and shit is good for someone else. But in a couple months, something good's happening to you and you have to ride the wave and realize that you can't take things personally in the entertainment industry. I know. And, and I and I so agree with that. So I want to um, officially here publicly apologize to you that that was my first reaction wasn't congratulations. It was, oh no. <laughs> what What's going to happen to me? <laughs> Um, but I mean, really, I feel like, and it it really, I mean, page six, when it first came out that they had gotten rid of like 50% of the cast, they referred to the summer house, uh, uh, whatever you want to call overhaul as a bloodbath. It was and like slaughterhouse. Yeah, it was brutal. (laughs) So how I want to go back to that time and place and Mm -hmm. like. I mean, you weren't able to even come out on the air yet and say mm-hmm. that you were on Summer House. Mm-hmm. So it was a secret that you knew for a while. It was a secret then you told me in the summer. And then we had to keep that secret together up until recently yeah. on so my like, show. Bravo doesn't want thirsty people. Bravo doesn't want, even if you're getting interviewed, you can't like tell people in this industry that you're interviewing or it'll get back to them. And they'll be like, this girl's annoying. We don't want her on the show. So my job was to just do my work at Bravo, keep my head down, and have a great summer. So basically, Bravo said to you, though, like, you are not to speak of this change until no. we decide and we're announcing it. And I didn't it. even know who was getting fired while I was being interviewed. Wow. So, wow. like, I just... I so was you probably thought you were going to be dark. co-host I was ex- or, or castmate. I was excited to be on the show with Steven. I mean, I'd only met him three times. And, and Lauren. And Lauren. I actually never met Lauren. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I interviewed Steven. Who cares about a meet? <laughs> I don't know who Meat is. I know who Meat is. He tried to make me and my girlfriend make out for him. So I threw a drink at him like oh. a thirsty thirst trap that I am. Yeah, you're Luckily, so he didn't thirsty. make it on air. I was. Uh, that would be so embarrassing. They said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that I didn't get to see it. So you so you just thought you were just joining the cast? Yeah. Damn. I- so what was your reaction when you found out that there was the quote-unquote slaughterhouse or whatever you want to call it, the bloodbath? What was your reaction? Well... 
Were you scared? Were you confused? Were you like, I mean, I, I knew someone that. had to go out for me to come in. Okay. Fair enough. That's all I knew. A meet. You a replaced meet. a meet. A meet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with that. So, well, I mean, Ashley was not a surprise to me because she lived in California and she was like kind of barely on the show second season anyway. Yeah. I am an avid loyal watcher of Summer House. And also, I, Danielle was part of the bloodbath. Yeah. But Danielle ended up coming back. Okay, so explain that to all of us. Because I think that that's something that like no one's really like even questioned and or addressed it's like so she was part of the bloodbath mm-hmm. and then she is because back on you never actually know with entertainment the only thing i knew was that i was told that i was going to be on this show uh-huh um danielle surprisingly got really close to Lindsay when they weren't filming over the winter so then, can i ask a really fucked up question yeah do you think that that was a strategy move on her part would you think Not that was a business all. move or do you think that was genuine friendship danielle actually doesn't give a shit about fame and mm. you can tell by her instagram i actually met her one time and she was like the most down-to-earth humble person the reason why that she didn't get so much traction on the show is because she's so normal right but she's really um a really smart like product manager and technology she can like code and shit she's a genius and she's gorgeous and she's from hoboken so she has she loves to party and her and Lindsay got really close so when steven and the two lauren and the two laurens the twins left, i know what you meant <laughs> <laughs> and the twins left Lindsay was kind of left without a, a friend right in the house right um because we don't and know listen this well. happens in all reality shows if you look at like vanderpump or you look at like the housewives like there are alliances i think that that's a fair way to put it and an appropriate way to also, put it who teams steven could be back next summer wouldn't that who just knows? be epic you never know unless yes. you burn bridges with people yes yes so well i'm here for that I would love to watch that. That would be a bloodbath. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I joked with Steven because he said congrats to me and I was just. No way. Yeah, he said congrats in the very beginning. He's like, I heard you're on. And oh, back then. Yeah, in oh, the very I beginning. I thought you oh, meant he, he just no, texted you. I was no, like, really? No, 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 He said congrats when you first, I don't know how he heard, but he heard through well, the Well, I'm sure, I'm going to assume that like when you're on Bravo, you have friends that probably are also like their management in Bravo or like production in Bravo. So there's probably like, like office people, non-talent people that like, you know, keep relationships with yeah. the talent and, and stuff. And I just said to him, like, if you're going to burn the house down, just wait for me to be in the pool. <laughs> I don't know if he thought it was funny That's or not. That's what you said to him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be... what an, <laughs> Steven, I tell, go try to light the house on fire. That shit would be so funny. I am here for... I will bail you out of jail. Funny is a, <laughs> a strong word. Bravo would be like, God damn it. We have to get a new house next summer. <laughs> Good thing we got insurance. So so going into it, I feel like, you know, it's always tough on new cast members, but I feel like because you guys had that kind of press around, like your entree foray into like being the new members, mm-hmm. do you, like, have you had any, because I mean, the news literally like just came out. It just dropped. I mean, as the time that this podcast will air, it will have been like about a week to mm-hmm. date. Mm-hmm. So have you had any backlash from it? Like, have you had like old Summer House, like followers, fans who are giving you shit? I think that the change was something that Bravo had done a lot of research on yes. and like logically decided they want to change. Mm-hmm. And you never know what the season would have been if they kept the same cast. But I'm just so excited about this season because there's three new people. So we didn't come in as like the one new housewife. We came in with a whole new energy that changed the chemistry of everything. And speaking of alliances, so you guys, the three of you came in all having known each other. So you yeah. guys kind of came in like... GGG unit like right <laughs> but I mean we didn't but we you came also came in, into a broken house in a good way we came into a house we knew was kind of divided 
And we also were like, can we have some fun? Yeah. I was like, are y'all down to have fun? Do we have to like have sad, depressing dinners every <laughs> single weekend? We just wanted to have a good time. And we did. And you did. I mean, there were some bad times. Of course. Well, there were in, some good times. As there should be in all good summer houses and good reality TV shows. Honestly, I grew a lot from this summer. Tell me how. I've actually seen it, but I wouldn't be able to pinpoint what it is. But I feel like you have a different level of maturity that I've seen oh, you go through. You. you also, you know, are lo- no longer with Betches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you've even just from that small experience, and that was like, what, a, m- a month ago? Mm-hmm. You've grown even more so from that as well. My biggest advice in life is like when you're scared, just do it. Mm-hmm. Throw yourself into situations that challenge you and see how you grow from it. You've lived a lot of life in one year, girl. Yeah, and it's it's funny because my lawyer was talking to me and he's like, how's your family reacting? And I was like, I was a tennis player. I was always dealing with drama and I was kind of in the limelight. So you were kind of like prepped for this very well. I mean, for me, what stresses me out is like, you know, match point, down match point, second serve, five all in the third set. What's so what's the what's the analogy in reality TV? Reality TV is like. Lindsay's mad at you and the pr- and, <laughs> and she's drunk and you know she's going to talk to you because she's mad at something you said. <laughs> and you know shit's about to go down and the whole world's going to watch. <laughs> and your armpits are sweating and you're wearing a gray shirt. <laughs> I wish I didn't wear this. I wish I wore my navy. Blue shirt! <laughs> it's funny because in the beginning you're like, I'm a national TV. I was most stressed about my outfits. Oh, girl, I, f- I hear that. Like, I heard Because that. that's not my priority. But, but that's I realized, also so not your personality. I Well, that's why I was worried. I was not prepared. I didn't have outfits for 12 weekends. This is something that, like, people don't tell you about reality television. But, like, there's not a stylist on they set. There's dress not you. hair and makeup. You guys have to do your own hair, your own makeup. You, you have to style yourselves. I mean. Also, when you share houses. It's going to be exhausting. You go, like, a couple times in the summer. Not every weekend. And you don't have legitimate, amazing dinners and events all the time. Right. And this show, we did. And it was amazing. How much money did you spend on uh, wardrobe? I invested in my business. I also like <laughs> found all my most stylish I friends. I invested in my business. So well put. My friend was like, look, you got to invest in how you look and just be like, okay, first episode, whatever you got paid, put that into your wardrobe. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> For real. And... I think I pulled it off. You guys can tell me. DM me if you hated my outfits or not. But I also have a unique style, and I try to not be like... You're a tomboy. I didn't want to be Hamptons basic. I wanted to bring some Brooklyn to the Hamptons. Oh, yeah, girl? How'd you do that? Um, You know, I just wore my hoops. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to talk about... So I actually had what I... You know, so when Steven was on the show, I got to go to Summer House. Yes. Thanks to him. And and you invited me this year. I I also want to give a shout out to that. But I felt like... I don't know. I kind of felt like... You being on it was one thing, but me going physically to it, having had that past relationship, I kind of actually never talked about this with you. Mm-hmm. That's why I said no. Th- I think I'm. Did, did I tell you? I why? think you you said like I'm sorry, I'm busy. Oh, okay, I lied. I'm never busy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I was drinking alone, watching Vanderpump. Mm-hmm, pretty much. <laughs> I just I didn't want to go because I just felt like I felt like that for me was a line of loyalty that I felt would be like crossing. And you invited me just simply to be nice and mm-hmm. hospitable. You're eating on my podcast again. We come full <laughs> fucking circle, ladies and gentlemen. It's oatmeal. It's yeah, sticky. Yeah, like paste. What's your fucking deal? <laughs> You're on brand. The girl likes to eat paste. Like, do things. you want me to have a low sugar level during this podcast <laughs> and be a bore? <laughs> You're welcome. But I, I I definitely remember you inviting me and I thought it was so sweet of you. And honestly, if you hadn't invited me, I would have been fucking mad at you. So good job. Yeah. But I didn't take you up on the offer because I felt like because when I went on, when I went there and Steve was on the, you know, was on the show, I did get some airtime with my tailor because okay. Amit was like basically harassing us. Do you regret us. saying you can't come? 
No, I think it was the better thing to do because let's say I had again like been on, I think I would have looked like a total summer house thirst trap. <laughs> so I just went out to um the Vanderpump house this year instead. Oh. <laughs> but 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 that, oh. but what I want to say is I'm ready now to come back. Please invite me. I'm going to have to think about it. But also, we got to hang with Stassi and the Vanderpump crew. Yes, thank you for reminding me. Mm -hmm. And? It was everything. Do we know when we're going to get to see that on the show? Because the show airs March 4th. Yeah, I think it's going to air at the end of Vanderpump. Like their last episode might go into ours, but I don't know. Okay. I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, fuck it. It's fine. I can edit it out if you want me to. No, it's okay. I love you. Um, (laughs) But what I was going to say was when I I did get to go there, when it was, you know, when Stephen invited me, I went with my girlfriend and pulling an outfit for it was the most stressful thing of my entire life. Imagine doing anxiety. Weekend I had to do that. So I, from like, from a very small perspective point of view, I can like only imagine like how overwhelmingly stressful that must have been. And also I remember thinking I extra hate this because it's like the summer. So everyone's in bathing suits running around. It was like, I mean, was that and a, some girls, a source of insecurity? Or? Some girls love and guys love putting their outfits together for nights out. I'm that friend that hates that shit. I'll show up in black and that's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. Hampton summer, I can't wear my black on black. No. So I had to do a whole thing of shopping. And I also gained 10 pounds from, I think, stress, drinking more than I normally do. And just... So yeah. how did you deal with that? Um, I just figured that I can't change it. I can't change anything. Also, I told you I pulled my you, back. You have a lot of a lot of confidence, which I very much thank you. I just admire think whatever I'm doing. Is I wanted to show that if I'm going to be on TV, I'm not going to try to be the perfect version of myself because I want girls to understand that just because I'm on TV doesn't mean that they have to look up to me. And I want them to realize that they can relate to you. Yes. you're not on a pedestal. You're down no. on earth with them. And that's why I was open about you know anxiety, depression, yeah, you, fucked up relationships. Like let's talk about yeah. it because people. I think what Summer House was lacking was people on the show in the past have tried to make it look like they had their shit together. When everyone watches the show, because you clearly don't, so then you just look like a fake motherfucker. Right. So you, so you, you just, you throw your dick on the table. Oh, a hundred percent. And I fight with Jordan about his dick. I saw on the, in the super trailer. trailer and it was amazing. It's like a whole storyline. I'm so, I wonder why I have, I, I literally can't even begin to predict why you're talking about Jordan's dick. Unless you were near it in a sexual manner. You're going to have to watch. Oh, you tease. I'm you tease. tease. Well, anyway, I'm so fucking excited for Summer House Season 3. You guys, it premieres March 4th. Uh, Hannah Burner is one of the new three castmates. Girl, congrats. I appreciate it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You're going to be so famous. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I don't even feel that way because I'm already like, I did. You're my show pony. Oh, my God. Stop. (laughs) But I'm more excited about new projects that it gives me the ability to do. Like, I have my podcast, Burning in Hell. Which I'm so proud of you for, too. Yes. And make sure to check that out, too. Burning in Hell. Every single Wednesday. Wednesday. And Taylor was 100% the reason why I did it. My mentor. thank you. You don't have to say that. No, but you have. I'll send you a check later. When you see people around you who are like killing the game who believe in you then you start killing the game and and then now i want to create more videos on my own instagram because i have more time you've actually started doing that and i am here for them they're so good it's like you know i mean i i I miss you doing videos so i'm happy that you're back doing that again it's like find what gives you joy and find a way to do it without a boss breathing down your neck all the fucking time well girl you bring me joy all the time why are we every talking single like day because i'm trying to stretch it out <laughs> <laughs> because if i don't i'm gonna ask you more questions we're gonna go on for another hour and those guys out there are gonna fucking kill me because we're gonna go into their time they're waiting
What time is it? Oh, it's wait, two minutes. Yep. Yeah. Hannah, thank you for joining me. I love you. I love you so much. And also, guys, make sure to follow her at Being Burns. Listen to her podcast, Burning in Hell, Wednesdays. Uh, and don't forget, Summer, Summer House, House, March 4th, 4th 10 p.m. Ooh, Bravo. On Bravo. Durr. The only, only network I religiously watch. Duh. You're a Bravo celebrity. Oh, my God. Don't say that. It's so weird. If you get a big head, I'm never fucking talking to you ever again. I have a very little head. And like little legs and long torso. <laughs> you guys, that's it for us. Thank you for joining us in this week's Taste of Taylor. Make sure to uh, check them out every single Wednesday. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to check me out in a uh, more intimate way, then make sure to go to my website, taylorstrecker.com, and subscribe to my daily talk radio show. You guys, thank you so much. And bye, girl, bye. Did you enjoy this taste of me? Want more? Then go to taylorstrecker.com and sign up for my daily talk radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show. And listen live or on demand.